0: Like there maybe
1: they may wasn't be a, it wasn't about their lives getting better it was about going back to normal in terms of like that's you don't see bullshit. this shit.
0: that's bullshit most of the most people do, like most people don't care about twitter like I this is my might oh sh- I, know I know that
1: but I'm saying that that's what the democrats ran on to bring back honor right, okay,
0: to the I okay you were being sarcastic sorry I misunderstood <laughs>
1: right okay uh that was dude me. this show is all about sarcasm come
0: on right come no, that wasn't
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 17 of Progressive Rants. I'm Nabil, and I'd like to start by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land from which I'm dialing in from, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respects to elders past and present. On the show to me today is just me and Naz, because everyone's got things to do and uh, a life, apparently. So, Naz, how you doing, man? I guess it's you and me today.
0: Yeah not bad it's it's us recording again on a saturday night and a rainy me, anyway. sunday
1: and a rainy ass sunday morning for me it-
0: see again you have an excuse to to record a podcast on a sunday morning cuz i like most people are home on sunday morning it's Saturday night for me, and I'm still here. We we were literally begging Rory to join us to do this podcast with us. And yeah, he, and was he has like,
1: better things to do. Apparently, like Rory has friends. Yeah, <laughs> like, he he was like, that I'm playing like, games was, with my friend, and then I'm gonna do another thing with another friend, and then like, yeah, sure, sure, Rory, sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. Basically, like he told us that he wasn't free, and then he got caught on Discord playing uh, League of Legends and then we with his my, friend yeah we both called him out on it i was like yo you said that you were in free are you playing you're you just you're just home playing league of Legends. it's like no nah, man i got people over here and i gotta give time to them i can't record i'm like yeah, it's like fuck you man
1: yeah and we're just having a fucking party
0: and and the reason we're doing we're recording this early um this i mean this podcast won't be out until thursday morning so again if if some big shit happens between now and thursday this is we're recording saturday by the way so if some big shit happens and we don't talk about it it's not our our fault because it is thanksgiving week and um Ben and Ian, we don't were, we
1: don't celebrate Thanksgiving in Australia. Well, well we, have, I'm, we have nothing to give thanks for, apparently. Except well, I, I
0: I never celebrated Thanksgiving. I don't. I like. In fact, I used to. I I used to always work Thanksgiving night, um, because I would give like the other people off because I really didn't care about Thanksgiving dinner. So yeah, same yeah. here. When I worked in restaurants, I
1: always used to work thanksgiving yep and uh easter and yep. christmas even because like yep. it didn't, like you know what no one else wants to work i'll work yeah. short staff i make more money anyways yeah. and then you know it's it's christmas everyone's in a good mood so you don't really get people who are shitty that
0: much. yeah so the only the only uh holiday for me was always uh new year's eve so i was like i would work thanksgiving i'll work christmas i'll work the day after christmas I'll day before i don't give a shit New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, of course, it's like don't even don't even think about it. And then everybody would always agree. It would be like, all right, fine, you can. If you work out, if you work Thanksgiving and Christmas, we'll cover you for New Year's Eve. And now the the more recent one is like the is Fourth of July as well because I always usually have plans Fourth of July now. Uh, those are the only like so New Year's Eve and Fourth of July. Like even Memorial Day, Labor Day, I don't mind working. I never as as always. Um, if there was somebody who needed to be volunteered, um, that was me. But yeah, yeah now but
1: I now I make a point to have like, like the like at least in Australia you get a lot more. It's not as bad as in America, where almost everything is usually open and a lot of people are working. But here things are actually closed on a lot. Like on a long weekend, good luck finding a place to like, especially in a tourist place to get food or coffee or anything like that because everyone's even like everyone's just chilling and uh you know everyone likes to use up their leisure time here more which is why i feel like i've i'm not gonna say i'm working less i'm still working the same amount of hours i'm getting paid what i deserve to get paid so that's a it's actually a good feeling you can you can live, work a 40-hour work week on an hourly wage and just you know still live a life that's kind of gratifying as opposed well, to America, for sure.
0: Wait, Nabil, you mean to tell me like um, the businesses in Australia care about their workers enough to close on holidays? Yeah, for sure.
1: Well, because- it's a two part. a two part reason behind it. One reason is if you're going to be open for a public holiday, your hourly rate is double. So if someone makes thirty bucks an hour, yeah, people make thirty bucks an hour working in restaurants on a Saturday. And uh, you will be getting paid 60 bucks an hour for the public holiday. And if you work past 10 p.m., you get paid more. If you work past 12 a.m., you get paid even more. So there's all these little um, caveats there. That and so a lot of businesses do the math and they're like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just be closed. And everybody just enjoy the time off. And in most cases, I've seen that. it's been Because when you work in restaurants, you never get time off. Like not everybody gets time off at the same time ever. But like those are very special days because it's like you know it's a team you can you guys can just chill like everybody just gets to chill. So it's uh, it's one of those days like Christmas I'll, I look forward to a lot these days because that's one day I know all my friends and a lot a lot of friends most of my friends in hospitality here are um, you know immigrants from all over the world. So for us we are each other's family and Christmas is the one time we all get off. Or even the fir- up to the first week of Jan. Like a lot of places around my house are going to be closed for like until the middle of January. Because people are just like, you know what, from Christmas to middle of January, like most things are just closed because people are just vacationing. This year, more people are going to be vacationing probably domestically because flights are still not going out, you know. And um, very, very limited flights will be coming in starting, I think, 160 passengers a day starting from December 7th. So it's like, you know, it's going to be a lot of domestic tourism. But yeah, like I said, people like to enjoy their lives here a lot more, for sure.
0: Well, let me give you a reality check about America then. Uh, if anybody, if any of the businesses in America heard what you just said, they would have just like thought of you guys as the most. As, uh, they would have thought this was. Uh, Australia must be Soviet Russia because of the fact that they probably actually care enough to, to give. People a day off at um, on a public holiday. Nothing is closed on pub- most public holidays here in the US. Um, in fact, some businesses actually see an uptick because there are more people out um, on holiday or vacationing. And uh, this Thanksgiving is probably the first time in a long-ass time, a long, long-ass time, where a lot of major businesses will actually be closed. So... I'm pretty sure I heard Walmart will be closed on Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, don't call me. There's some other. I'm I'm guessing Macy's as well will be closed Thanksgiving and my Best Buy as well, probably. Uh, Even then, uh, Walgreens, CVS, they're not going to be closed Thanksgiving. They're going to be open till... Uh, some stores are going to be open till midnight and you'll probably get between... I would say after eight, between eight and midnight, you might get, if the stores are lucky, they might get 10 customers and they're going to keep those stores open with like three or four workers who's going to miss their Thanksgiving dinner with their family just to serve those, um, three or like uh, maybe 10 customers and corporate's happy because their stores are open. Anyways, um, we're diverging a lot. I don't even know if I'm going to leave this on the episode, uh. (laughs) i don't know i feel like i feel like everything's
1: related man how we feel is uh you know how we're feeling right now is comes from like this whole culture of what we see to be a lot of unfairness in the system and i know this is a hard tangent i guess i'm trying to like really make a segue here but like uh we were going to talk about some stuff that's been happening on the democratic side as always um there's there. There are some good signs. Uh, there are some horrible signs, as always. But let's start off with the good. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this in the news. I think it's been a week now. But uh, our listeners are definitely probably astute followers of what's going on. Otherwise, how the hell did they find us, right? We're not really putting ourselves out there. Uh, so basically, Chuck Schumer and Elizabeth Warren together announcing the cancellation of student debt up to $50,000 by executive order. That's basically what he's trying to go for, I believe. Um, And he's like saying, um, yeah, I'll just quote uh, Chuck Schumer here from CNBC. Um, I have a proposal with Elizabeth Warren that the first $50,000 of debt be vanquished, said Schumer. And we believe that Joe Biden can do that with the pen as opposed to legislation and you know he's um he's he's up for re-election in 2022 and personally i see this as a pivot to try to stay relevant so that he stays in power but that also tells me that policies being pushed by the left are starting to somewhat gain traction with the mainstream politicians in a way in a way that is not genuine, of course. It's more about pol- political expediency at that point. Something similar to like Clinton, um, you know, being pro gay marriage when she did eventually in like 2013 or some shit. So um, obviously. That's what Chuck Schumer and Elizabeth Warren are saying, but obviously that's what Joe Biden isn't going to be listening to. Uh, he came on TV and to talk about that. I believe he said something about ten thousand dollars, and I did a little more digging around. There's some strings attached to it, obviously. So it's like even if the Democrats propose something grandiose, like by the time it gets to the executive branch, it's going to be fucking watered down like a motherfucker to the point where it really doesn't, you know, it's just changes on the outside. So that's, that's, I'm a little, okay. I won't say this is a great thing, I guess. I started, I was saying this is going to be great, but like, you know, that's like a, it's like a 50, 50. It's like, you know, you start off with great and then you end up with shit. Like that's, I don't know how to <laughs> like, that's, that's my frustration with this one. Nas. like, what do you think? about this whole student loan cancellation coming from like from a from a strategic point from like Chucky because you know he's trying to side with Elizabeth Warren he's trying to be more a little more relevant with that wing of the Democratic Party he sees the party shifting is the same thing as like you know the Trump wing of the party is now very vocal like you know there wasn't a trump wing of the party four years ago but like now there's a Trump wing of the party republicans see a benefit in aligning themselves with the right-wing populism i know that sounds like an oxymoron but yeah uh but like you know left-wing populism is also if you're not blind you kind of see it happening and if you're in power you want to stay relevant and stay in power how do you think chucky's reacting to all this
0: right um so I, I'm gonna take the take the the role that Rory took last step, like not like in episode 15, the one we did about COVID. I'm gonna be super cynical about this. This is I first of all, Chuck Schumer is up for re-election in 2022. That's two uh, two years from now is the election, and uh, it's about a year and a half till the primaries. Obviously, Chuck Schumer, uh, any Democrat running in New York uh, is not really worried about a republican um opponent they're they're worried about pri- being primaried and being primaried hard from the left so it would not surprise me it, it's well it not not surprise me it would surprise me a lot if Chuck Schumer isn't primaried he will be and he will be primaried by someone who will be backed by people like bernie sanders people like uh, um aoc So Chuck Schumer is bracing for something like that. He's bracing for 2022 and a hard campaign against um, a hardcore uh, progressive candidate. That's why he's hanging this this carrot of student loan uh, to to sort of like secure his seat. Because in the back of his mind, Chuck Schumer knows that there is almost zero chance or something like that will ever get passed whether it is in the executive branch or in legis- legislation because Joe Biden did the same thing as well so Joe Biden let me tell you what Joe Biden did when he came on TV and he and, the, and, the, and a and a very good reporter asked him a very direct question uh, whether he will take uh, he he will use his executive um power and sign an executive order uh canceling student debt the there was no amount mentioned. the The question was whether whether you will use your executive powers to cancel student debt as a whole. That was the question. This is what Joe Biden answered. He was like, "Of course, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm totally for um, something like this." This there was a house bill that was uh, that was brought up where Nancy Pelosi proposed canceling student loan debt for ten thousand dollars. Now, why is he bringing Nancy Pelosi into the conversation? The reason he's bringing Nancy Pelosi into the conversation because he knows that, yes, the House, majority run House by Democrats will pass a bill that if it says um, $10,000 student loan debt uh, cancellation. He knows that. What's going to happen when it gets to the floor of the Senate? It's going to die. So if it dies on the floor of the Senate, he doesn't have to worry about student loan debt. It's never gonna get to him, so that's why he's he's already. Yeah, he's- and who and who who got rewarded for losing the Senate, right? Like, so- wasn't there was a
1: seventy five percent chance of the Senate turning blue before the right. election, and Chuck Schumer, who is now the leader in the Senate, the minority leader in the Senate, but he's just being awarded with a leadership position for not delivering the senate for the democrats and that's like a that's like a caveat like you just said it's a caveat out for Biden like he can say whatever the fuck he wants get it passed in the house and then it gets to the senate and Mitch fucking fucking destroys it and that's the end of that and he doesn't like, have to worry about signing it
0: like that's my point basically the point is that uh Joe Biden is he's pushing this into legislation because he knows that if it goes to legislation he doesn't have to worry about uh making a decision where he is whether he signs it and it goes into effect where they cancel ten thousand dollars or not like he's- he's basically jerking his responsibility from the issue completely, and that's pretty much what Chuck Schumer is doing as well because he knows he can propose listen he can he's saying fifty thousand he can propose one hundred thousand he can propose complete and utter cancellation of student debt. But he knows that this bill will never pass in the Senate. And what's going to happen when it doesn't pass in the Senate by a Republican-controlled uh, Senate? They're gonna, they're just going to go turn around and it's like, no, listen, I wanted to cancel student debt, but it was the Republicans. But the thing Same is, thing they,
1: in the House. The House isn't going to pass it with a resounding majority either because guess what? The Democrats lost four seats under Nancy the, Pelosi. And guess who is the leader of the House again? For her incompetence, Nancy Pelosi. But she isn't incompetent. She's competent in what she does, and that's the that's what people need to start understanding. She's not competent at delivery. She's not a what's what's a master legislator. Fuck off, master legislator. Like yeah, you get shit passed, but like you get shit passed in a certain such a way that you know it's never going to pass in the Senate. You can't bring opposition votes to your cause at all ever. And you, she's such a divisive figure, but she's a fundraising machine which is what keeps her in that position.
0: Wait, Nabil, didn't you hear uh, the reason the Democrats lost seat in the Senate was because of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? Oh, yeah, that.
1: Yeah, I remember that now because uh, all the candidates who ran uh, with uh, Medicare for All, um, you know, as one of their platforms, lost. I mean, 100% of them won. 99% 99% of candidates who ran under the platform of a Green New Deal or a much more substantial climate policy than Joe Biden's, they won. So it's like I keep saying, it's only a matter of time before they can, you know, this dam that they have built around their whole DC bubble breaks. It's just, it, they, this shit can't keep going on. It just, it won't. It all, actually, this shit stopped when Obama became president. Let me, and the reason why I say that is because. You know, people woke up to a lot of things. Obama inadvertently, I would want to say, triggered a lot of people to start following politics, the younger generation. And he also had a hand in making people realize that politicians don't deliver, which is what gave rise to a lot of... Think of it this way. A lot of people who voted for Obama twice ended up voting for Trump. What does that tell you, right? A lot of people who voted for Obama as Democrats are now very anti-establishment democrat what does that tell you so it's it's been it's been in the making for a while now and and i brought it up in the previous episode where i personally believe that under a biden presidency even under this under under so much gridlock there there will be democrats might still hold the house but with the composition of democrats within that like you said there's going to be a lot of primaries coming up for sure, that's what the corporate Democrats are scared of the most. They aren't scared of the Republicans. They don't mind losing to a Republican. They're okay with it. What they have a problem with is a progressive challenge, a challenge from the left, and that just speaks volumes. They'd rather fight the left than
0: fight the fucking Republicans, and that is what I have an issue with with the Democratic Party. Like, right? You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna take me off, like. Uh, you already take me off, but you're gonna take me off even more. If, like, Good as soon as this is the show is
1: called as, "Progressive Rants." It's not like as soon pro- as
0: "Progressive Mumbles." As soon as you brought up Obama, it's like fucking like ah, it's it's just Obama broke American politics like completely because the the what people don't remember is like Obama won the election. Like it was a complete landslide election in 2008, and he ran on a progressive platform. All of these, all of these uh mainstream media, all these centrist democrats, neoliberal democrats, and neoliberal republicans, they keep telling you, no, you can't be a progressive and win in the general election. No, we did, we did, we did it 12 fucking years ago. Obama ran on a progressive platform and he won. So, we, if we ran a progressive candidate anytime in the whether it was now, whether it was four years ago, whether it's four years from now, they're going to win. They're going to win big. It's not even, even going to be funny. Because how... the
1: proof is there. The proof is there. Yeah, the Obama's is ready for it.
0: The problem is Obama turned out to be a fucking neoliberal corporatist. That, w- that was the problem. B- people forget what Obama was like in 2006, what he was like in 2007, what he was like in 2008. He completely ran an outsider campaign and he won. People thought he was gonna shake up uh, DC. The problem is, like the 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 fact that he didn't in- do any of those things. You will just forget that bit. Like, but listen, if you if you just can run somebody, like th- this is what baffles me. Like uh, Joe Biden keeps saying that, oh, he's gonna run. Uh, he's gonna bring back a lot of Obama era pol- policies. He's gonna undo a lot of Trump's policies, which is yeah, like a lot of. Trump's things are like completely diabolical, and they need to go. But you keep bringing up Obama. You keep bringing up uh, like how Obama ran the country very well. Listen, eight years of Obama gave us Donald Trump. What the fuck do you think four years of Joe Biden is going to give us? Is Donald Trump's going to seem like a? a We're going to get
1: Donald Trump again. That's what's going to happen, dude. And <laughs> that's we literally scared. what's going to happen. 8 years of Obama, result Donald Trump. 4 years of Biden, result Donald Trump.
0: So he, what do you like think basically, basically Joe Biden is 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 the what he's trying to sell to the American public right now is like oh I'm going to be Obama 2.0. Well, Obama 2.0 is probably listen if if the worst we get from the right 4 years from now is Trump again, I think we we're lucky I, because my Bigger fear is that we're gonna get someone way worse than Trump, and um, it's gonna be like a. We're blunt. going to get someone who's
1: going, who knows how to play the DC games, who knows how to play politics, not just be brash. He can, you know, someone who can actually play, like you know, a, a real politician. I want to say as much as I hate the dude is Mitch McConnell. No matter what you say about him, he gets his shit done.
0: Or like, even, and he does. Even even Mike Pence, like it's like this guy. I mean, you could like, uh, you know, what was one of the biggest surprising factors of the election campaign was how good Mike Pence was in the VP debate compared to how bad he was four years ago uh, against Tim Kaine. He was so much better against Kamala Harris. And that's I really sort of like Kamala
1: and Kamala, to be honest, is a better debater than fucking Tim Kaine.
0: I don't even remember how good Tim Kane was, but I just he remember Tim Kane was better than, than Mike Pence. Um, the thing is that sort of like, it really did sort of like scare me that this guy, even when Trump's gone, uh, which he will be eventually like, him, he's like, definitely Mike, liked like,
1: by the Trump base because he's been a very loyal right, Trump right, reporter.
0: right. Mike Pence is just, just there, or he could, and he could go worse. He could even go worse than Mike Pence. Like, look at someone like Matt Gates, or is am I saying it right? Um, yeah. So somebody like that could come in. Somebody like Dave Brat, I don't know, like what the fuck. Tom Cotton doing? thinks he's the next hot shit, but Tom Cotton's a fucking
1: loser. He has no charisma. He is the char- he has the charisma of paint
0: you could have you could have the the leader of qAnon I, who the, whoever that fucker is like that could be the next uh like you know leader of the right wing uh i don't know m- man kanye's trying real hard <laughs> well uh I- if you if you ask me i would take kanye over it's just some QAnon nonsense at this point but uh, yeah, yeah I, I guess at least we'll get
1: some good music out of the white house you know what i mean some good tunes some good shows like it's going to be like you know a spectacle and then finally we get a very you know a uh, uh what what's it called
0: a very graceful first lady as well yep completely mhm First family, you mean, like a very graceful first family. Exactly. Key uh,
1: Round two of Keeping Up With The Kardashians, White House edition. I would probably have to watch that shit. I would definitely watch politics. that. I don't even care. Like, you know, this is the funny thing. This is the funny thing. Like, you know, I try so hard to like, not even try so hard. Like, I just stay away from, first of all, anything reality show based. I don't even consume any movies or TV shows. I just, my whole consumption of media is um news news organizations from around the world. Just you name a news organization and probably follow it. So that's what I like to do. But if the news and reality show mesh together, I don't know what I'm gonna do with my life. Because Donald Trump has already normalized it. If, I, if you think about it for a second, you get Kady and fucking what's her name? Kardashians in the fucking White House. Oh my god. Like I like what is the point of life anymore? But I know. Anything's possible in the United States of America. That's, you know, it's a land of opportunity and infinite possibilities. That's what I like to believe. <laughs> so- All, right.
0: <laughs> All right. To bring it back to student loan debt, I am, I'm going to be super cynical about this. I'm going to say that there's going to be a lot of blame game going on among the Democrats. The Democrat, like Nancy Pelosi is going to blame. Um, I like the Republican house people, uh, Chuck Schumer is going to blame Mitch McConnell. Uh, Joe Biden's just going to be sleeping in the White House. And I am almost quite certain that four years from now, student loan debt, nothing will have changed.
1: I would I would say six years because Chuck, Mitch McConnell is there for another six years now.
0: <laughs> well, the thing is, uh, the thing with the Senate is that uh, I don't know what the Senate... Uh, races look like in 2022 but i'm guessing there's going to be a lot of republican seats that are going to be up for grabs but then uh, usually in um in the midterms the opposition party usually does a lot better than the that the party yes the
1: republican turnout might be higher
0: yeah and the democrats stand a chance of losing the house as
1: well if they don't fucking figure out what policies people want to vote for stop getting policies people vote against now that you're in power or I guess kind of not yet. I don't know. We'll figure it out at this point. I don't even know what the fuck's going on. The the thing,
0: (laughs) the thing with um, the, with Chuck Schumer is that, I mean, I would love for someone like, uh, someone like from the progressive one, someone like Sam Cedar to just like dethrone this guy in New York. It would be the most, it would be almost as I probably wouldn't be. It would, it would be very close to being as spectacular as AOC, uh, beating joe crowley back in 2018 dude i would go further to say more because first of
1: all that's senate seat from new york second of all you're dethroning the leader in the senate of the opposition par- or the party in power so that's while the party like you know what i mean while the house is in control and you have the presidency that would send shockwaves Undone. yeah but but the whole machine's gonna work to not let that happen. But the thing is,
0: the thing is, how much money do you think someone like Chuck Schumer will throw at his, at his Senate race in 2022? It's going to be astronomical. He doesn't
1: have to worry about how much, because all he needs to do is it's either me or the other person. Who do you want? And that by the virtue of that argument, everyone who wants him in power will pay whatever it costs to keep him in power. That's just a fact. And that's just a sad fucking fact. So the left, and I keep saying this, the left needs to really fucking organize and coalesce around whoever it is that decides to go against Chuck Schumer. And, you know, not to have this fucking whole 100% purity test. Like, like we need to get, get like, this is incremental leftism at this point. Because it's either that or it's nothing. And I'm sick and tired of fucking getting nothing. It's Bullshit. But- Like, everybody has a little bit of say in this game, except for the left. And the left need to fucking understand how it is that they get a say at the table.
0: And just to give you some more context, uh, Chuck Schumer ran unopposed in the Democratic primary in 2016 and uh, Kirsten Gillibrand who is basically Hillary Clinton 2.0, uh, ran also ran unopposed in her Democratic primary in 2018. Those are the two senators from New York. Uh, yeah, just we can't let this happen yeah, again. Yeah, and like, who are
1: the two senators from Massachusetts? So I'm so much happier to say that <laughs> I'm a resident of Massachusetts. So... I mean as much as I have my disagreements with Elizabeth Warren and the fucking shit she pulled twice I at least on a voting record perspective I've got Elizabeth Warren and at least from a climate perspective I've got Ed Markey. So from right. a banking side and from the environmental side sorted. Fucking like, New York senators are sold out as fuck. Like,
0: like, I'll you give know, you some more names as well. No like, if you look at if you look at Amy Klobuchar like we need to get her out of the Senate as well. Like it's not just the two New York Senators. There's like a ton of like um, Joe Manchin. The, the thing Fuck with that Joe dude. Manchin that dude's
1: a fucking Republican.
0: Dude, the thing he's with Joe Manchin is like he's a senator from West Virginia. Like I don't like you're not gonna replace him with another Democrat. Like I I don't really hold that much hope there. Maybe you can. I don't know. I really don't know. But uh, I don't really care about Joe Manchin. But dude, Katie you know, say, Porter's in a fucking red. You know, fucking red, red, red. Yeah, but, I, but my red. point is, Minnesota is a is a very blue state at this at this moment, and uh, with everything that happened with George Floyd and everything that happened with the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, I cannot foresee a situation where Amy Klobuchar is not is not beaten in a primary by a left by a left wing. The
1: Democrats. Candidate. The Democrats' strategy of identity politics should be turned on its head against them. Every fucking white dude who's in power should be challenged by a woman of color with progressive values. And I want to see how they fucking attack that. Like, just literally flip it on their head and be like, that's the strategy number one. Like, and also we need more representation, like a gender parity representation in places of power, for sure. So first of all, get rid of the old white dudes. Second of all, um, get rid of the Karens. Was, yeah, exactly. Get rid of the fucking Karens and well, the fake yeah, Karen. Amy Klobuchar. Number one Karen out there. Fucking stapler throwing, fucking crazy ass Amy Klobuchar. So, I don't know. Minnesota's got some good people. I've met some really amazing people from Minnesota in my life. And to be honest, they deserve
0: a better leader. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> out of minnesota right she's she's up for a re-election in 2022 as well um so i don't know she might she's she's
1: probably has made enough um connections and fundraising connections and you know a name for herself where she might just coast through
0: it's not gonna matter i don't i i I don't think so i think she will get Mm primaried and whether she wins is a different matter obviously we're talking two years from now um but uh, I think she will get primaried and she will get primaried hired.
1: Like, I'm and- sick and tired of having to wait for Nancy Pelosi to die. Like, that's not a great strategy.
0: Like, the left what? needs to
1: understand that's not a... Like, that's that's a horrible strategy. Like, to let them still be in power. Like, how can how can she run unopposed in, like, what the fuck? Like, no one's, like, just she just... Like, I'm going to be leader of the... Like, how are, how is everybody rewarding her for losing more seats, number one? Number two, denouncing leftist policies while at the same time blue dog Democrats are losing to Republicans because they won't embrace leftist policies, with the data showing that These aren't even leftist policies at this point. This is like fucking common sense policies. This is like a general consensus among the people of the world that we need to act on climate. And there needs to be much more done on that. It's a general consensus in the more developed parts of the world that everyone deserves the right to have medical care provided to them as a citizen of that nation, especially when that country is the richest country in the world. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, waiting for these motherfuckers to die and then also encouraging a new generation of this thinking, this needs to be squashed. This is literally destroying society. Like, it is crumbling before our eyes. I don't want to sound like a fucking doomsday whatever, predictor or whatever, but, like, it is millions of people are being evicted millions of people don't have health care dying from lack of health care going bankrupt from actually trying to get health care you know and then this conversation started with student debt so bringing it full circle like there's a whole generation of americans who are in such bad debt you know what i forgot the name of the association i think the home builders association or something like that in america we're saying the number one impediment to new home ownership is student debt let that sink in for a second. People can't get more debt to buy a house, to buy a car, to, you know, probably start a family and all this other stuff because they're already in so much debt from their student loans. So you're going to have a generation of renters who have legislation that's already stacked against them. Like, it sucks to be a tenant in America. Like, you know, owner, um, landowner laws and homeowner laws are much more stronger than much stronger than tenant's rights. So this is whole fucking cycle that everyone's stuck in. And I'm just pissed off that the Democrats are, f- like, yeah, the Republicans say it, believe in it, and are actively fighting against these, you know, basic rights that human beings, in at least in America, deserve. And the, so are the Democrats. Because changes are these changes don't come from the centrist. These changes come from the leftist, that keep pushing for these changes, and you know, the only reason we get these changes one now and again is because the you know these these powers, these elites in the Democratic Party, kind of lose control, and in their own opinion, and then you know we get some positive change for a bit. But we need to break that whole oh, yay, we we got an opening. Let's get some change done. To we need to always be in a place of power at, and have a seat at the table to at least where we get. And I hate to say it, (laughs) incremental leftism at this point, until we have enough of a power base and a power structure to finally move forward and have drastic changes that we need. But first, we need to, you know, build a coalition. And now, after this election cycle, I believe we've got much more solidarity in the house, a lot more. Um, localized election wins but guess what these people need to form their own caucus and coalition and encourage other people who are in a similar situation in probably um, you know close by to their councils and districts and whatnot to start running and try to show people that there is a way you can make change happen it needs to start it and i like I think we need to make a t-shirt called incremental leftism just to piss me off in the future because, you know, I can't believe I'm saying it, but the more I think about it, like, like uh, it's just frustrating to see the Democrats just keeping people down when people need help the most. And that's, that's what I have an issue with. Nancy Pelosi could have done way more with the cares that actually didn't, she's being rewarded for being leader of the house and everyone's just going along with it. Like it it was, it is what it's supposed to be like this is what we reward in american politics
0: fucking bullshit saw <sighs> you nose know <laughs> no, i think we've spoken enough about uh fucking democrats fucking up our lives uh let's take a break and then uh we'll come back and talk about something else all right guys welcome back uh this is part two of episode 17 so nabil i this is something i've been wanting to talk about for a while um and just really never had the opportunity to so it's all of this bullshit that joe biden's spouting all over the media and on his team is spouting and all of these neoliberals like going out on cnn msnbc and and this talk of like unity working with um working with the with the republicans there's talk of joe biden uh looking at republican uh candidates for his for his cabinet for uh like executive positions uh there was i think you sent me that was it was it you who sent me that article on discord where uh, There's somebody, I don't know, somebody in mainstream media just came out in defense of all of Trump's uh, White House staff members who, and they were like, oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't judge everyone. You should, like, they should be, uh, they should be able to keep their job under a Joe Biden presidency. I'm like, dude, this is where, this is going to come off so wrong, but I really have to say this. This is where I almost... Like miss Hillary Clinton and to some extent, and I trust me, I hate Hillary Clinton, and anybody who knows me knows how much I despise Hillary Clinton, but like I honestly do believe like Hillary Clinton would not have stood for any of this shit, and this is something because she has the fucking balls to stand up to Republicans. she did it before, and she wouldn't have gone in and she wouldn't have gone on um to the White House and gone like. Yeah, you uh work for Trump. Yeah, that's fine. You can come work for me. I I and and then she he wouldn't have stood for people like Mitch McConnell. Uh, she wouldn't have stood for uh people like Paul Ryan or or the right wing. She would have stood up to them, and she would have been a better one than even Obama in some sense because Obama was like a complete pussy in so many terms because he would, like, he's probably the worst negotiator, like, in history, because he would go into negotiating with the with the Republicans, and then he would literally start in the center. This is why we never had a public option in the Affordable Care Act, because Obama was afraid the Republicans would not like him, because he wanted to win a popularity contest. Well, you fucking did win a popularity contest, contest but you fucked over the American people for it. And I I don't need my president to be completely loved by everybody. I don't care if they're loved by everybody. I want them to do good for them because the the thing about being in power is that sometimes you have to do shit that people will not like you for it at start, but they will like you for years down the line because then they will finally realize that what you did for them was actually good. That is, it's not a very difficult process. Like this happens in in our work life all the time. You have that shitty manager you think is very shitty who's being hard on you and who's you think is is doing all these bad things and then years later you find it's like, oh hang on, maybe yeah, maybe that guy or that person wasn't really all that bad. It's like it's like being a being a teenager and told uh to by your parents to go study. And you hating them for it, but eventually you you realize like, hey, yeah, my parents actually meant good. You, I need, I need, I need people in power to be like that. It's not about well, that's the problem
1: though. But that's the problem with Joe Biden. That's how everyone's gonna. What you just described is how. Everyone's gonna feel at least the people who voted for Joe Biden. But yeah, grandpa's in office, or like you know, Uncle Joe's in office now, and people are gonna start turning a blind eye to everything that's going on again. Like just like they did with the Obama administration. Like, oh yeah, we elected our first black president. Yay! No more. This is the post-racial America. I heard that so much on the news. It's like, yeah, this is a, it's a new dawn. Racism is over in America, and all this other shit that the news wanted you to believe, and it's not only is it not over, it's, it's very mainstream now. So, I mean, say what you will um, about Trump voters. I know we don't voter shame on this, but like a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, like I say, the voting is very, it's an emotional decision. And it comes from somewhere, it comes from somewhere deep down inside. And a lot of people have tendencies that even if they don't realize it, is racist in nature, and Trump is very good at bringing those emotions to the for, to the foreground in terms of divisiveness among us versus them. When in fact, a lot of these people have the, the same genuine economic concerns as people who voted for Joe Biden, as well as you know how are we gonna get food on the table? How are we gonna send you know have a better life? You know progress in life and in society because a lot of people have seen their standard of living go down more so than their parents over their lifetime and how do you reckon with that and that's that's a thing that the democrats have moved away from they've become the party of we're not them as opposed to being a party for somebody in terms of you know the working class how they historically have been that's a sh- fundamental shift in the democratic this third way style of politics by bill clinton and again we come back to the clintons i understand that why you say the clintons would have had their own people in there because they they were building a dynasty that's how dynasties are built you have your own people in there but the thing with trump is that he's gonna he's appointing people left and right and I, um, that that might be something we might need to look into Basically, people uh, appoint uh, appointees uh, by Trump that are probably, like you said, going to be rolling into the Biden administration and combined with the fact that now we're going to have fire, far right ideology in the government while we have a very best a center right president. um, It's not going to help. Anybody in the long term, if anything, the Republicans are still in power in the background, which is even worse because then the people are going to start seeing, you know, hating on the Democrats for be all this roadblocks from the Senate, from within the bureaucracy of the government, and you know, just the overall sentiment of people now, just you know, not believing that Joe Biden is a legitimate president. It's, it's like you know. At least with Obama, they might have hated him. They qu- to the point where they questioned his Americanness with his birth certificate. But with Joe Biden, they falsely have legitimized in their own world that he is definitely not their president. That it was stolen. Like they're going with the slogan of "Stop the Steal"
0: everywhere they go. So, yeah, good luck with that, Democrats. Well, and, and this is sort of like. I mean, I we can address the the million MAGA march later if we wanted to, but I mean that really doesn't concern me as much. I, I, what really does concern me is this perception uh, that I've already seen among a lot of my friends, among a lot of my family, who are, uh, you know, God bless them. They're they're very good people at heart, but they really don't understand the problems millennials and. And even younger adults are are going through and will are, will probably go through for the next 10-15 years as well, and longer even. That the pro- the problem with the Joe Biden presidency and Joe Biden winning against Donald Trump is that this perception that we oh we fix Black Lives Matter. Because because we were able to beat Trump and because we were able to get Joe Biden into office, that means black lives matter now no i mean the thing is no it's nothing's changed nothing's changed from where this nothing's changed in this country from where we were three weeks ago than we were today
1: and not only that joe biden basically ran on a campaign of not changing
0: anything right and nothing's gonna change in the next year either because joe biden is does not have the fucking balls to stand up to mitch mcconnell and do anything about this shit big and and again, that's I. This again, I, I really hate to beat her drums about this. This is where I really, honestly admired because the only time ever I really liked Hillary Clinton, the only time ever was when she was going through those uh, Senate hearings. Oh, was it in the Senate? It was the Senate, right? When she was going through those hearings for Benghazi, and that was the only time I was like, I sympathized with her because she fucking like because like she actually stood up to them like thing the issue about guns again i'm very anti guns like she had a very strong argument against against guns look at joe biden he's he's afraid to talk about guns he's afraid to talk about immigration like i don't think anything's going to happen there he's he's not even going to ch- he's not going to change anything in healthcare so uh, nothing's going to change in, in taxing the rich and income in, inequality. All of that's going to stay the same. We've already talked about student debt, how he's a, he's like completely jerking his responsibility to the people who voted for him. You think anything's going to change with uh, with criminal justice reform? No, nothing's going to change. Nothing, absolutely nothing's going to change. And we... People forget. What do you like, mean?
1: Nothing's gonna change. The system has rewarded the person who was the author. If of the anything, it will get worse. Yes, Nabil. So, like,
0: I, I, like, I, I, so okay, you know I mean? like,
1: you know, it's it's a trend among the Democrats. It's not even a trend. It's just that's how the Democratic establishment system is built. Like, you know, you fuck up. The more you fuck up, the more leadership positions you get. Basically, like, oh, like people you fuck up criminal justice reform from the nineties. No problem. You're president. Oh. The attorney general from California is fucking horrible. Now let's make her the vice president. Yay. Like, you know, fucking just that is how they are. That is who they are. And that is what they will always be. So uh, the thing is that people don't understand that. Like you're saying, they're all good people. Your family, also my... Oh, this is is a good one. Ah, you're going to love this one. So my mom, I'm guessing like most she's not an she's not a u.s citizen but she she does follow u.s politics from the cnn side of things because you know that's that's the cable news network and she's the perfect demographic for it but uh she's uh she's definitely more of the clinton democrat supporter kind of per- mentality she uh, uh that's what my family traditionally was four years ago or five years ago when i went back home i remember my family at the dinner table they were like you know that, and they just brought it up by themselves. And this is like right before the primary started. So it's like, you know that Bernie guy? Yeah, I like what he has to say. And then my other uncle's like, yeah, yeah, me too. And my aunt's like, yeah, you kind of like him. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, yes, this is great. This is like, you know, that was just like, well, if these guys like Bernie, then Bernie's a pretty fucking, that's, you know, that's all the validation <laughs> I needed. And then I think a week, a week ago, my mom's like, just out of the blue, she's like, you know what? I, I honestly think if Bernie ran instead of Biden, he would have won. And I'm just like, I I just literally just fell to the floor. I was like, damn, that's my mom making a, a, someone who has no idea what's going on, making a political assessment, just based on messaging, which is why I keep coming back to messaging. The Democrats are horrible at it on purpose because they'd rather fight the Republicans on some fucking cultural issues and, you know, just I don't know, things that aren't tangible to everyday people's lives like russia like who does that benefit like yay you won on that i don't even know who won on that anymore because that had no impact
0: at all on anything at all so right so so this is they hide behind social issues which is again social issues are very important like uh us passing marriage equality was a big deal it was it was i do not want to downplay something but it was
1: happening they just jumped on it when it was about to happen that's what i'm trying to say they're not on these issues but they're fucking joining the bandwagon when it's you know when it's appropriate like they're still not pro weed. how many more states need to legalize weed for the democratic party to have a fucking platform for legal marijuana and you know just expunging people's records like again, like you said, with the criminal justice reform. We, I don't
0: expect that to happen under
1: a Joe Biden presidency. I just don't, because that's not the way he thinks. Right.
0: Because if you think back, like more, like the the first major like police violence and like police uh killing uh an unarmed black man that got into really mainstream was Michael Brown in it wasn't in Missouri, it was shit, Ferguson, Missouri, right? Um and who did that happen under again? That was Obama. That was not under Trump. Like Sandy Hook, when uh, 20 young kindergartners were killed and six teachers were killed. That happened under Obama, too. Fuck all happened uh, to gun reform. Nothing. In fact, if Trump's done more for gun reform by like banning bomb stocks or whatever the fuck that is. I've never held a gun in my life. Then than any Democrat has ever done i can think or ever done i can think of at least like or any 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 democrat in the last 20 years yeah it took trump a fascist right-wing president who's done yeah it's not it's barely anything like banning bum stocks or whatever but it's still something it's more than obama did and and it's just like obama
1: no dude obama cried remember
0: Oh yeah, that was, that's that was it. And and then everybody and I, I you know this is what I fucking remember about Obama. He shed tears.
1: Crying. Those tears is what the nation needed at that I, moment. Listen, to I listen, I I don't remember because, who it was. Because gun reform wouldn't have changed anything. But Obama's tears is what appeased everybody.
0: Right, I don't remember who in mainstream media it was, but I do remember like after Obama cried, then somebody in And the media legend has it.
1: Legend has it. A drop of those tears will increase your life by 20 years and make you look 15 years younger.
0: Yeah. So again, like, so uh, (laughs) I (laughs) I forgot my point. Yeah. So that uh, somebody in mainstream media, I remember came out, I forgot who it was and said that Obama crying on TV was like seeing their dad cry. Okay. Then if I, I, I I can tell you for a fact if some shit went wrong... and what wrong, dad is gonna just cry and not do anything about right? it. Right? If, like, if some shit went wrong, my dad would do something about it. Obama did fuck all. He's a fucking pussy. He was a, the. He's. I would say Obama's done more harm for this country. Than maybe maybe president. the people maybe the people who said that
1: had dads like that. Maybe they just saw their dads cry and not you know they just cried, and just didn't do anything about it, and that's normal to them, you know, could be.
0: Anyways, <laughs> no, anyways, I I, I I let me get back to let me get back to uh, Joe Biden. Uh I I feel like I feel like we're gonna go backwards in the next four years. Uh we are gonna get some social reform, which will be good again. Um, I wanna we're all I'm all for trans rights, and we're probably gonna get something good happening there. We're gonna get something good happening um for probably education as well which is a very really good thing uh if the green new deal does go through that's good i know you guys talk about foreign policy like something like the iran nuclear deal would be uh amazing but overall will the lives of everyday americans change or get better like fuck forget well, getting better i'm pre- i'm i'm almost no, certain but biden
1: does have the power biden does have the power to make a group of people's lives definitely a lot better in terms of like you said finally pushing for a public option for those who need medicaid in the vulnerable well, income category is, and is, as well he- as the, the, the daca the daca is one of the more important ones for sure right and been, to be honest his, like- his,
0: his his precedent was like he was under obama and uh, obama was not able to get through public option 12 years ago. So what makes think biden is going to be able to get it through now He's not going to no, do he's it. He's just, I can I can guarantee you nothing's because he happen.
1: doesn't need to do it. It's not. It's going to pass in the house. It's going to die in the senate, and he's going to be like, "Well, we
0: tried. What do you want? Let's get something else." It's going to be. It's going to be a lot of what, going to happen. It's going to be a lot of what Trump did. Basically, uh, Trump promised the wall. to wall never happened. Well, he went around and blamed the Democrats. Uh, he promised what? What else did he promise? He promised like a Muslim ban, proper like like all over Muslim ban. Well. He didn't do it, but he all he went around and blamed the Democrats for it. Uh, He was he didn't get he said that he would get rid of Obamacare or or the Affordable Care Act. He didn't do it. Basically, he just went around and blamed the Democrats for it. So that's what that's like. The the model is there already for the Democrats, for Joe Biden to follow it. He's just going to do it. He's just going to like the best thing that could honestly have happened to Joe Biden was him. Uh, not winning the senate because if the democrats did control the senate and they control the house like he would have had a lot less excuse i still don't think much of anything would have happened but now they have a ready-made excuse yeah exactly
1: that, and then when people were saying oh we're gonna push joe biden to the left my response is how like like, would,
0: like listen the left has like, no how leverage. are you gonna
1: the left has no leverage but the left does have does have one thing going for them. And that is primarying them and scaring the fuck out of corporate Democrats. And I honestly believe for every 10 races that we primary a corporate Democrat, we're going to win at least two or three. And guess what? You don't need a majority to push your party in terms of their policy uh, proposals. You just need enough votes to be able to swing. Like, you know, if, if the progressives had like, say, 20 people in Congress, And that's king. that you don't need anymore, given what the dynamic is in the Congress right now. Those 20 votes, the Democrats will, the mainstream corporate Democrats, establishment Democrats will need to at least give something to the left. And that's what I mean when I say incremental leftism. First, we need to get those seats at the table through incremental leftism. And then once you have enough power, because you can't AOC by yourself, no matter how much you fucking retweets, no matter what she says, how many times she, you know, gets on platforms to spread the message until she has another nineteen AOCs right behind her or right next to her, she ain't getting anything she was saying done. And it's, and you can't hold herself, you can't hold her accountable for that. You have to hold people in other districts, in other places Accountable. If they think that way, they need to fucking start running them. If they don't run, find someone who thinks that way to run. If you want those changes, you need to fucking run. That's the only way you're going to get those changes. You know, like beating Chuck Schumer is a fucking dream. Realistically, it's probably not going to happen, but you could win a congressional seat. That's a fucking very doable scenario given dynamics that are, you know, unfolding right now and it's just a matter of repeating the strategy copy and paste the corporate democrats have a losing strategy the only strategy they have is money they throw money at the problem whereas the left has the the grassroots and the ability to raise funds from everywhere because the message that's what everyone needs to understand the reason why AOC gets money from everybody from all over the place is because she has a message And if there are more people with that same message trying to build a coalition, visibly build a coalition to make sure that big message, those big policy proposals are even spoken about, are at least put on the table as a fucking talking point, that's when you know that you have real power. And I don't care what anyone says about oh, the left is trying to gain power, this is how they're trying to take power. This is you know the Bernie in the background trying to take over a Marxist thing, blah blah blah, blah blah. like like fuck all that rhetoric. There is no point fighting against that rhetoric rhetoric. Need to keep your message on point and to, that's the one thing I've learned from as much as I hated Bernie for not going on the offensive. um the one thing I admired about Bernie throughout his campaign he's he is his discipline in staying on message. No matter what the question was, no matter how they tried to spin things, he was always on message. And that is why he grew his platform, the more he talked about his message like his messaging was on point. The problem was the organizing wasn't. So we know we have the rhetoric. We just need to fucking start organizing. I can't stress that enough. Like that is there's one thing I will always keep pushing, it's to be organized, to have systems in place, to be able to get... Like, just talking about these things isn't going to get us anywhere. Like If everybody talks about it, good. But if everybody talks about it and does nothing about it, then it th- th- makes no difference. They don't fucking talk about it to begin with. <laughs> like, seriously. So, I don't know. I went off on a tangent, on a rant. I don't know where I was going with that, but like that's how I feel about this. Like, I, we can talk about this shit all day, all night. But everything we talk about isn't going to come into fruition until there are substantial measures happening in terms of building a coalition on the left. And that includes everybody on the left. If you have fifty 51% alignment in views, form a coalition. Just do it. Get into the fucking room and then you need to find a, a place to stand and then you eventually get a seat at the table. There are steps to this. It's not like I want change. It's going to happen. If you want that kind of change, it's called a revolution. <laughs> and, in and, you know, this is also a different kind of revolution. The one that Bernie's been talking about, you want to go ahead and have a revolution in guns. Well, guess what? It's not going to work out for you. It's just not going to work out. So if you want a real revolution, you need to like hack the system. You need to, unfortunately you need to play the system. That's why they say, turn it against them, play the identity politics against the corporate Democrats use what they use against them it's that simple and i don't know it's like i keep coming back to this point and no matter how much i talk about democrats it's um i am hopeful sometimes when i see mainstream democrats when they change their tune they change their tune strategically like chuck schumer knows it's not going to pass in the senate with the student loan thing so he has more you know, he can say it more. But the good thing is that means the left, whatever the left is saying isn't being completely ignored. Nor if the left isn't saying it, at least the people's needs, the millennial generation's needs. Because remember, Joe Biden said, give me a break when he was, uh, when he was asked about the millennials suffering through all this stuff right now. And this was before he ran for president. And now this guy is president. So I don't, expect joe biden to have the best interest at heart for millennials and the proof is already in the pudding with that tv interview you were referring to earlier in part one and you know it's just we sound like we're gloom and doom but we're not we're not about gloom and doom this change is possible we just need to work for it that's all like we've we've come a long way in the last four to five years the there has been a lot of like especially especially like progressive media um you know progressives just getting a voice on certain platforms on tv uh but at the same time you know you need to understand that it's the onus is that's why we don't voter shame because everyone's a voter and if you if you strongly believe in your convictions you need to go out and vote for that change if you don't see that change happening around you guess what if you're looking left and right and you don't see anybody running, I think you might need to run. That's, that's where we're at. Because just having the name on the ballot matters. Just being able to show that there is a progressive running matters. And the more progressives, the better. But the whole point is to coalesce. And that's, that's the mission I'm trying to push forward. Like everyone needs to run, but everyone also needs to learn how to coalesce. Take, for example, what happened on Super Tuesday. The Corporate Democrats coalesced like a motherfucker. And that's how they beat out Bernie. And we need to learn. Like I said, they, they're they still winning and we're still losing. So until we sh- have some fundamental shifts in our strategy, we're just going to keep losing no matter what we do. Anyways, Oz, I see you're still uh, munching away. I feel like... Uh, I was boring you to death. I saw you yawn there a couple of no, times. No, no, but...
0: it's, it's all good. I mean, I, I really like anything, whenever it comes to do it, like Obama style politics, it just really ticks me off like badly. And uh, I sometimes go off on shit and then say shit like I probably shouldn't have. But yeah, it's just I, I'm i you say we're not all doom and gloom, but uh I feel like it is. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be really bad. And the problem is nothing's gonna change in four years. And well, four years l- later, you're gonna go like yeah, well, I don't know, Naz,
1: a- I disagree with that because I look at things from the point of view of you know the rumblings, because a lot of a lot of history sometimes happens. Like 30 years, nothing happens. And then in
0: one year, you get 30 years of history happening. No, so, I, I, I I disagree in the sense that nothing. Okay, here's another thing. Here, this is, Let me explain it in a different way. So back in 2016, you think of the Roosevelt states, right? So the ones that voted for Trump, Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, Pennsylvania. One of the biggest factors that, that the reason a lot of those voters switched from Voting for Obama twice to voting for Trump was because people don't really care about you having, like, whether you, I guess, you know, grab someone by the pussy or like whether you're, you're not like a nice person or a good person or you speak well. People care about putting food on the table at dinner time. And they thought they, these people in those Russell states saw themselves as under obama my life has not gotten better in fact it has gotten worse and the people around me their lives did not get better their lives got worse so they wanted change they want they so they went out and they voted for trump or not enough of obama voters felt like oh like nothing changed and hillary clinton's running on a third obama term why should I care about voting for a third Obama term when I voted for two Obama terms and nothing changed? So they stayed home. And that's what I'm, that's the analogy I, that I would like to use from four years from now. A lot of those same people that voted for Biden in 2020 thinking that their lives would get better, no one's, I don't. Like there maybe, but it may wasn't.
1: A, it wasn't about their lives getting better. It was about going back to normal in terms of no, no. that's you don't see bullshit. this shit.
0: That's bullshit. Most of the most people, do, like most people, don't care about Twitter. Like I, this is my. Oh, show I know that,
1: Twitter. but I'm saying that that's what the Democrats ran on to bring back honor right, okay,
0: to the. Okay, you you were being sarcastic. Sorry, I misunderstood. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, that was dude. Me. This show is all about sarcasm. Come on. Right. Come yeah, that was. not problem. Uh, again maybe i'm just taking this shit too seriously but the thing is most people like like uh, there's a ton of people there's like tons and tons and tons of people who do not have twitter who do not care about twitter who do not care what the president is doing on twitter if their lives get better that's all they matter that all they care about if they if they have a job
1: if they're getting paid yeah and their kids have 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 a future yeah, like if they're looking like I said, it's it's in the moment. So if you're feel it's an emotional thing. So if you're feeling good about yourself, you're gonna want you're not gonna wanna change anything about it. Or, or vice versa. If you're not feeling good about yourself, you're gonna wanna change about it. And when those real when those two things align, with like it did in 2016, you know, nobody wanted to another third term of, a, of Obama. Not nobody, but like a lot of people didn't want another third term of Obama, and a lot of people want to change, and that there were enough of those people to make a difference in the election.
0: Right, I think I think we've spoken enough about this. Let's take a let's take a really quick break, and then we'll come back and with part three and finish up. Oh this
1: yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited about part three. Yes.
0: All right, so Nabil, I there's something it seems like you and I disagree on. You want to tell the listeners about it?
1: Uh I mean, sure, why not? It's it's not a policy thing. It's not a it's it's I don't know. No words were spoken. Nothing happened, but something big really happened which really rubbed me the wrong way. And the worst part is like I saw it like first thing in the morning too when I woke up and I was just it just fucking just ruined my day. And I haven't stopped thinking about it because it just pissed me off so fucking much. So basically, the other day, on the as we all know, um, as we mentioned before, uh, Lindsey Graham was being heavily contested in his Senate race. The Democrats were outraising him, I think, like three or three times, maybe, or like something, something obscene in a red state. And uh, lo and behold, Lindsey Graham still, uh, you know, being called everything horrible um, to, you know, just everything was being used against him, and rightfully so. And there were even talks that he might lose. He was scared he was gonna lose. And then he won. And he won he won quite comfortably. He didn't it wasn't really it wasn't even a, a close matchup any anyways. So after all that hate and rage toward Lindsey Graham, all this fundraising against him, Lindsey Graham's back on the Senate floor, you know, the Senate's meeting up and you know, they're gonna do what they do best, nothing. And Lindsey Graham's walking past the main floor in the Senate. Um, there's Kamala Harris there talking to, I don't recall who exactly. So they're just talking. And then it's a side shot. So you've got Lindsey Graham coming from the right side. Kamala Harris in the center of the shot, just like standing there. And then she turns her head to the right, sees Lindsey Graham, and just um, raises her right hand and then gives him a fist bump as he walks by. And I'm just like, what the fuck? What happened to your fucking resistance bullshit? What happened to holding Republicans accountable? What happened to all that shit that happened in the election? And all the shit that was said? And, you know, just like, like this, at the end of the day, like, what really angers me is the blatant fucking theater. The high school bullshit that they pull in front of the American people and the people in the world just to fucking put a facade and show like and it's just and it just proves it's just all for money. It's always, always, always for the money. But behind the scenes, they're all buddy buddy, they're all pals, and you know, this is Lindsey Graham who's also buddy buddies with Joe Biden and obviously Lindsey Graham on the same side as Mitch McConnell and apparently the most progressive or one of the most progressive senators in because the Senate is so right-wing that Kamala Harris qualifies as one of the more progressive senators in the Senate, which is a joke on its own Um, fucking fist bumps. One of the most fucking right-wing hawkish, horrible human beings of a person. Like I can't even like, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's, it angers me. Like it really, really, really angers me to a point where.
0: Wait, I have a question. When you say a uh, horrible person, who are you talking about again?
1: Le- okay. The more horrible person is what I meant to say. Uh, thank you for, uh, better, better. for our listeners. Uh, they might get confused as we always all get confused when we're trying to talk about both sides, but that's what I'm trying to say. There is no both sides. There's the bad side. And then there's the worst side. And now you gotta pick. Like, who do you want? And then then the battle lines are drawn on cultural issues at the end of the day. Because, you know, they're all their all their funding, all their you know, monetary incentives, everything, all their orders basically come from the same motherfuckers at the top. And they're just there to get shit done for them, not for the American people. So what that fist bump tells me is that. They are probably okay with the Republicans pulling this shit because the reason I say this is because if there's a lot of blocking going on in the Senate, that's a fundraising dream for the Democrats. And the only reason I say that is because the Democrats have been emailing me nonstop up until the election. But ever since the election ended, I have been getting bombarded with more emails just about Georgia. And guess what? The emails don't talk about Any sort of policy change, at all. It keeps saying that John Ossoff is losing because the Republicans are raising more money. That is literally what every single email is telling me.
0: That okay, let me let me take take over from here. So, okay, you brought up Georgia now. You like we're almost running out of time, and you brought up Georgia at such a terrible time as well. But on the on the Lindsey Graham Kamala Harris thing, the reason I disagree is just at the end of the day. Like there's people I work with that I really don't like. There's people everybody works with that really don't like, and they might be uh, like at, there's 48 other Republicans there. No, no I, I get it, but 40, it's the thing is, there
1: there are some Republicans uh, you no, should I,
0: hate. I, I get it, I get it. It's just the thing is there's I have racist friends, like friends who are very um, anti non-white, I guess. I don't know what the term Well, you is. need new friends, Naz. That's all I like, to say like, No, but the thing is, like, <laughs> you know, anti-Muslim, anti-people of color, I'm like, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I... Again, am I really close to them? Am I, like, you know, always hanging out with them? Nah. But if I pass them on the street, like, a fist bump or a sh- handshake or, like, a hello is... It's not a big deal for me. It really isn't. It doesn't... If they're... If they're really buddy-buddy on the side, then that's that's a a bigger issue.
1: This is the floor of the United States Senate. She is the vice president. She has led the motherfucking, quote-unquote, resistance. And, you know, just... And who is the resistance against? It's against Trump and his fucking cronies. Senator Graham fucking sucks so much of Trump's dick after he won. To the point... Where he can't even speak right because his mouth is full of dick all the time. That's how well, much. Wait, wait, wait. That's why I'm pissed off. Like it's not senator. Okay, if this was Lindsey Graham for four years ago, fucking fist bump, baby. It, it's all good. This is Lindsey Graham from uh, now. That's that's a whole different listen, Lindsey Graham.
0: When they're when they're at the floor of the Senate, they're basically at work. That's their workplace. It's whatever. It doesn't make a difference to me. Okay, I really and you got me- COVID going on. Why you gotta fist bump everybody, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I know that that's why we got rid of handshakes. Like we're onto fist bumps now. Like, okay, so I uh, quickly on on Georgia. Like, listen, I really would love, I would love it, I would absolutely, absolutely love it. But it's never gonna happen. I would just love somebody to ask Joe Biden that, hey, you know, and and you know as much as everybody else that uh, these two Senate races in Georgia is so fucking important. I the reason I keep like I don't even mention Georgia is because I think it's a foregone conclusion that we lose both uh, Senate races because. I even say it's with a
1: the, miracle we win one, like a miracle. if we win it one. Would, Yeah,
0: it's a miracle if we win one. It's it's almost a But I'm ready conclusion.
1: for losses in both because. Yeah, it's a, almost a foregone about it, conclusion. The presidential turnout was higher and down ballot was lower. So right. it was just that it doesn't sit well.
0: Right, so I, I I'm almost certain it's a foregone conclusion that we're gonna lose both, and uh, this is what I want somebody to ask Joe Biden: is like, hey, um, you told like you ran on this centrist neoliberal policies, or not even policy? He didn't really run on policy; he just ran on anti-Trump. But you are a central centralist neoliberal candidate, uh, and you had all your people run on this platform, and you lost. Senate, um, you well, they didn't lose Senate seats, but you didn't win the Senate. You lost ho- seats in the House. Why aren't you on the fucking phone with John Ossoff and and Warnock and telling them, hey, all it takes is just go Medicare for all. It doesn't oh, matter. Oh, doesn't you, mean you, you, you say
1: that. To you it. say that now, Nas. Fucking, I don't know if you saw this. John Ossoff had a fucking rapid fire interview question where, like, we were doing the other day, uh, just to have some fun. Um. There, he first question he asked: Green New Deal? No. Medicare for All? No. And the first two questions, I'm just like, well, there you go. You fucking lost it, dude.
0: That's how I know he's gonna lose. That's the thing. Like you, you didn't win the Senate running on all your platforms. Like you couldn't beat. Uh, This guy who fucking insider traded and who made money from COVID telling, lying to his own people, you couldn't beat him, even though there was a third party uh, libertarian candidate. What is, what is, what is preventing you from changing your stance? Like, it's, it's, it's like going back to the oldest thing that, you know, peak, like our teachers told us at school, like the, the. Because they'd rather lose to a Republican than embrace leftist values. No, but the thing
1: is, you're gonna lose your pro- uh, because uh, Harris, and, no. But think about thing it. Is- they know if they, even if they don't know this, but the proof that it's the proof is there in the data that having you know, the, like you just said, Medicare for All and Green New Deal, supporting these things don't hurt you. So, like, why, like, it's. You, it's not going to hurt you. So it actually no, benefits the, you it's, it's in even the long further run. Than the... That.
0: It's, it's further than that. It's the thing is, it's you lost trying something. It's like, is that Einstein quote, which is like, you know, it's, the crazy thing is repeating the same mistakes and expecting different results i like, I forget I believe exactly.
1: stupidity is uh expecting uh, whatever uh, different
0: yeah. results trying the same thing you tried right, this way. you didn't work. you lost with a third party candidate who's a libertarian who took votes from Republican candidates in those races. You, what is like just just do it and I'm not saying if you endorse Medicare for all, you're gonna win those two seats because I think it's more than that. I think the 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 turnout is gonna play a big factor. it's just. There's not going to be enough. No, my Democratic point is, movement. it
1: doesn't hurt. It's so the, not. They are acting, like, acting like they're acting like it hurt.
0: No, it's going to help, but I don't think it'll help enough to win both seats. Just for the plain reason that it's just like the turnout and will be a big factor because the Republicans are just going to go all out crazy and the Trump base is just going to turn up to vote just to prevent. Um, Democrats from taking the Senate because though the thing that Republicans have this stick that they will hold over Trump voters is that oh they're gonna pack the courts. I think that's the big deal. Like for some weird fucking reason. The, oh, you know the,
1: what he said about packing the courts? His answer was maybe.
0: Uh, dude, just uh, uh, we'll talk about packing the courts on a different different part. I haven't really, I don't really have a, I, I, I personally don't even have like a stance on it because I feel like the rules were there and the democrats fucked up like uh, just because. Oh, really you... the
1: democrats fucked up no uh,
0: no, nice. no that's the thing it's like as one of those things it's just like but like if this you is what lose... ben eludes all the time though like he if always says like he's the rules it's just like i i don't, i'm not a big fan of something like I, I i would have to sit through and look at packing the courts the issue on packing the courts now uh, we'll, and... we'll probably
1: go through that in a future episode with everybody yeah and, and I, I, I honestly have I haven't done my research on it Oh, I mean neither have I. I need to like really get on that way yeah, more. Yeah, exactly. So, that's 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 like that's an issue I don't think is like no one's really thinking about that right now, except for I guess Republicans. No, no, no that's no. the thing. The I, Democrats I think are... you're
0: wrong totally, because that is something that is almost all Republicans are talking about. No,
1: no, no, that's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. The Democrats are fighting the Republicans on their terms. That's the point I'm trying to make, which is infuriating because the Republicans say pack the courts, pack the courts, and then the Democrats responds by saying, Maybe. Maybe not. We'll see. And then, at the same time, they're not using their ability to message to their own base come out and vote for us. So they're like trying to play, you know, both sides at this point. They're like, ah, uh, we don't really want to commit, but they're also like, ah, uh, can you come out and vote for us? And like, they just want your money. Like, like I said, I can open my email and show you right now. I got like thirty emails in the last like four days from Dammer, like from Buttigieg, Pelosi. I don't know how they even fucking all have my email even after I unsubscribed from all of them right before the election and they just ask for money every time they're like oh
0: no just, John,
1: like it's it's just it's just pathetic they're not even talking about any policy
0: zero I, I get it it's just that I would love for somebody to ask Joe Biden that question and then uh, just to listen to his response because what excuse could he possibly give that hey you ran on you ran on like centrist policies and both of your candidates lost uh what's preventing you from running on uh, a leftist policy a progressive policy uh progressive stance i it's just i would just love to hear their response on it and that that's all for me i think we should
1: news slash news slash naz uh that question is never going to come at him
0: I'm not I just I, the thing is he probably would if he was fucking uh, if he had the fucking balls to take on a progressive media uh, interview. Joe Biden's never going to like listen, TYT has their faults but they're they're probably like the biggest uh, progressive media in the world right now in or in the US right now rather. And uh, like just do an interview with TYT or something. I don't care, but uh, Joe Biden is never going to do it. Like he's going to the, the best he's gonna do is like his uh, heavily scripted and heavily edited uh, interview on CNN with uh, like Governor Cuomo's brother at best. I think that's that's the best we can hope for at times. Like
1: they might get another Emmy for that one too.
0: <laughs> anyway, if <laughs> um,
1: you don't know, Governor Cuomo has been probably nominated or won an Emmy for his wonderful performance about the uh, coronavirus updates in New York. But anyways, as always, um, Naz, it was a great time talking with you. Um, I always have fun doing this, no matter what we talk about. The, The topics we chose today weren't really chosen. They were just things that were happening, and we just wanted to... The point wasn't to really shit on the Democrats. I guess it was. But, you know, it's just trying to bring to light why the Democrats have a tendency to keep failing. And Ben always alludes to this, or he has in a couple of episodes, that maybe maybe that is by design. Maybe that is the whole point of the existence of the Democratic Party is to be successful enough, but not all the way. But you know, the main job at their at this point is for them to keep the left at bay. And as long as that happens, obviously the Republicans are loving using, you know, anti-Marxist whatever rhetoric that they can find from God knows when uh, I can't believe people are still into those, I don't know <clears throat> tropes and whatnot, but it's a, uh, it's a whole new left. It's not, it's not a left from that era. It's a left that has learned that over the last 30, 40 years of neoliberalism, it's been decimated and it needs to organize. It needs to rebuild. It needs to understand the rhetoric that comes from the corporatists and to adjust the battles accordingly because guess what the corporates are the corporatists aren't going to give you a seat at the table you're going to need to take that seat yourself and while they run on policy proposals that are losing to be honest it's bittersweet when i say it but i i'm kind of happy that they're doubling down and being stubborn in what they believe in because for the first time ever we have a clear we will have a clear divide in the party while the party is in power And that's going to be an interesting dynamic And that's a dynamic that's going to Definitely Bring the left more attention And as it brings more attention People will start to realize that People like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez um, You know, Cory Bush Jamal Bowman All these people are talking about Issues that really matter And they themselves represent The change that we all want to see in and on that note I'd like to sign out. Take care everyone.